there is a recording in progress for the JT and Looney podcast episode 126. If my memory serves me correctly, and I have almost total instant recall. And before we get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, I, I got to tell you about this. So JT has on the new general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders on his Raider podcast. And come to find out, Dave Ziegler, the new general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders, has been listening to JT since he was 14 years old. Check this out. You know, I've been a fan for a long time, um, going back to, um, you know, your sports, your sports show at <laughs> night when I'm leaving um, the, the, the New England facility yes. at midnight. And to be, uh, to be on with a one of the, I think it was the original Smackoff winner, yes. 1995. Um, so I know, I know two of my buddies, um, John Davis and Jim Hammond, are, are big yes. JT fans. We wanted to do it in person so I could get a picture with you because um, I know those guys are listening. Um, those guys are probably listening today. But um, a lot of my buddies that we were big sports talk radio fans growing up, and we've been big fans of yours for a long time. So it was a cool experience getting on to talk to you today. Thank you. It's uh, very humbling for you to say that. 28 years ago, today I won the smack off. And my years on WEEI and the Sports Hub in Boston, where I was fortunate that you could hear me, the good, the yeah. bad, and the ugly, and everything that went on. Dave, I'm looking forward to seeing you a lot more. Thanks for doing this again. I really appreciate it. How cool is that? Wow, you never know who's listening. Uh, the JT and Looney podcast couldn't be done without our partners at Bet Online, the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information, all the latest sports developments, including updated odds, the NBA playoffs, big fights, and next season's futures in the National Football League. And don't forget about Major League Baseball. It's back. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Go to Bet Online and pick somebody. Bet Online, your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. Just head to their website or use your phone and uh, go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V. That's Believe, as in the Believe Radio Network, B-L-E-A-V, and you get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just for being friends with JT and Looney. Bet online, where the game starts. And now the podcast starts. Are we connected? Yeah, we're connected. We're recording. Good. Let me get my dog out of here. You know, uh, in this podcasting age, this Zoom age, where people are being interviewed on television with their dogs and cats in the background, Channel 5, Peter Greenberg is always has great stuff on finance and computers and technology. So good. And his cat sits over in the corner in a little Easter basket. <laughs> well, he's on the air every day. And, you know, we've gotten used to seeing people's kids and dogs and cats and bad lighting. Uh <laughs> Ever since the pandemic began, wow! Inside joke. Yeah, there's a on, on Twitter. There's a. And I, I I I wish I thought of it myself. I thought of it before this guy did. Room Raider. I don't know if you follow Room Raider, but he rates people who are guesting on television one to ten based right. on their their lighting and their and their background. Hey, you know, a lot of people don't know this. I suppose it's not a lot, but a handful of people don't know that other than the JT and Looney podcast, you 
uh, have a, a radio show that's on. It's just like up, up on a satellite, or you're like at a space station or something where you're doing Sirius radio. XM. It's a satellite. I've never seen it, but okay. it flies above and it goes around the world. And if you only pay five, six, or seven bucks a month, you can hear the greatest radio in the world. But even some of my friends and family, I'm like, hey, did you hear my show? Reggie Jackson called in last night, like my hero. He called in, and they're like, no, I don't have it. I go, should I lend you six dollars? Six dollars. It's a cup of coffee. Well, let's play the Reggie Jackson now as kind of a preamble to our Clayton Kershaw perfect game, blah 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 conversation. One of the greatest baseball players of all time, my hero, one of my all-time favorites, Reggie Jackson, calls in to Sirius XM. Reggie, thanks for checking in. How did you see what happened today with Clayton Kershaw? Walk us through that. You know, do I understand it? Gosh, yes, but it's painful. It really is painful because of the 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 weight that you put on a perfect game are there 13 or 14 of them i'm a fan i mean an all famer reggie jackson all that other nonsense but i am still a baseball fan and i'm a fan of a guy like that that's a class act and a great pitcher um but we all want him to we all wanted him to be more than he is and Reggie, I just said, out. Reggie Jackson's our guest. Reggie, I just said, the bet, as a fan, all I could have said was, what would that clubhouse have looked like in that celebration with the perfect game? There hasn't been a perfect game thrown in a decade. There's only been 23 all-time, 314 no-hitters. You yeah. know the difference between them. You broke up no-hitters. You've been in perfect games with teammates, right. and you've seen it. And again, I think baseball, we love baseball, but it had a bad off season with the lockout. And I think a lot of fans just would, would have wanted to talk about that tonight and gravitated more to the sport. Yes. Yeah. And he's a guy that people would have just loved for it to have happened to. I mean, he's had it, it, in his, in all of his greatness, he's had lots, so many bad breaks that, that, or, or deems that, that have, that this would have been the Dodgers and the city and people would have rallied around him and it it would have carried that team for the next two years, <laughs> you know, because he's a special guy that ha that comes through as the person he is, um, that it just had, it had more meaning today to me. JT, what, did you think when they pulled Clayton Kershaw after seven innings, he's only thrown 80 pinches and he's got a perfect game? I literally went apeshit on it. I, I had a feeling you would. It was remarkable because of a couple of reasons. The whole thing was based on bullshit. It's just a lie. It's just a lie. Dave Roberts said, we want to save him for October. I, what? It's April. It's <laughs> April 13th. You want to save him to October. Clayton Kershaw has pitched, pitched his whole life, never had a perfect game. Okay, there's only been 23 perfect games in the history of baseball. I think there's 314 no-hitters. So it's very rare. And to see a first ballot Hall of Famer in the middle of a perfect game, if this was a kid they brought up from AAA or AA Toledo, you go, all right, we don't know the kid. We don't want to blow out his arm. But it's Clayton Kershaw. So what they should have done, it was six. He had a six-run lead. He only threw 80 pitches. You let him start the eighth inning. And he goes out there, he takes two warm-up pitches, and he tells his manager, if I don't get this guy out, if I walk him, pull me. 
But what happens if he throws a pitch down the middle and it's a pop-up to the catcher? Foul ball, there's one out. Right. And then all of a sudden, he goes 2-1 and one on the next count and a broken bat, ground ball to the second baseman. There's two outs. We were robbed from that opportunity. It was stolen from us. And to hear Kershaw cover up for Dave Roberts after the game, explaining that we talked about the pitch count. Yeah, they talked about before the game, Tom, the pitch count would be between 80 and 85 pitches. Before the game, they didn't talk about what would happen if right. it was a perfect game and we were at 80 pitches. He didn't seem upset when the seventh inning ended. I was annoyed by that as well. I got he a great didn't... theory behind that. Oh, what's that? Because they were going to kick his ass out of L.A. after this past year. He's done. He's pretty much done. Brilliant career. Again, first ballot Hall of Famer. They didn't seem very interested in bringing him back. He decided to come back. I think he was very thankful that the Dodgers brought him back so he didn't because he was going to play again, but he wasn't going to be Tom Brady, and he didn't want to play for the Pirates right. or the Guardians or <laughs> right. the Royals and, and stain that, so they brought him back as a favor. So I don't think he wants to rock the boat by throwing Dave Roberts under the bus. Oh, great Guardians reference there. I had to stop first and think one. what the F you were talking about. First one. First one here. Very, very the good. <laughs> uh, but look, for me, it bothers me because there's, there's a bigger conversation here. Baseball is desperate for any type of PR. Desperate. Yes. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit three home runs in Yankee Stadium of the night. Three. It's the second time he's done that in his career at Yankee Stadium. His dad's in the Hall of Fame and never done it once, right? But most of the country didn't know about it. You know, most of the country didn't care. We're, we're still talking about Westbrook and LeBron and Carmelo. But baseball could have had a perfect game. And, you know, our mutual friend, Dave, the memorabilia guy, works in memorabilia. I called him and said, what would a Clayton Kershaw perfect game baseball be worth to Clayton? And he said millions over the lifetime of his retirement because right. every Dodger jersey that hangs in a bar that says Clayton Kershaw, MVP, World Series champ, you have to take them all down and buy a new one and put perfect game. So everything you have that's Kershaw, like Brady, people don't understand this industry. If you have a Tom Brady four-time Super Bowl champ Patriot jersey, it's worth nothing in the secondary market because now he's signing seven-time Super Bowl champion, right. and he's raising the market. So they took an opportunity for Clayton Kershaw's great-grandsons never to have to worry about going to college because the perfect game baseball would have been worth so much money just in signatures, but we lost that opportunity. Everybody knows I had to do it when my mother finally moved out of our childhood home. You recently had to go through the same thing, and you go back, and there's all this junk, and you have to decide what you're going to do. Do I keep all my albums? I don't have anything to play them on. What do I do with these 400 albums? How much sports junk do you have in your house right now? Great question. Uh, I have a lot of sports, important memorabilia. But you call memorabilia what I call junk. Go ahead. Yeah, it well, clutters up the house. There are things. So this is a great topic, and this is why this podcast is so organic. Uh, my wife the other day, she's so great. We often talk about her on this show. Yep. My only wife, my original wife. <laughs> and she wanted to clean out the garage. We have some company coming. And cleaning out a garage is pretty big. We got an organized garage, but it was getting a little bit loose in there. And she went through everything, and it was a bulk garbage night the next night, so everything's out on the curb. Uh, believe me, I know I had to go into the garage today to get my bike, 
I was going to get the bike tuned up. Oh, jeez. What the hell is this shit in the garage? It's unbelievable. Go ahead. So she's done cleaning out the garage. She she makes that eye contact to that one JT section, which is all my T-shirts from high school. All my Knicks pajamas and the Knicks gear I don't wear. All my Yankee shirts that were faded. And for years, I was able to get away with it. I'd say, well, the kids will want this someday. And now she just laughed. She goes, the kids don't want any of this. <laughs> shirts from 1984 that you're holding on to. So I was able to hold on, Tom, to that box one more time. One more I time. I don't know you if I can get it. through a spring uh, cleaning next year before it gets tossed to the curb. And, so uh, with, with sports stuff, we got a lot of sports stuff there, but we're trying to downsize a bit and just keep the stuff that's small. Well, okay, but I think you have a Joe Montana signed jersey, right? We got Joe. Uh-huh. Fred Blitnikoff, I assume. The burglars out there, we have cameras on our house. <laughs> I got a lot of Freddy stuff. The Jim Brown stuff oh. I have, which I have some of it in storage, is the most important to me. DiMaggio, Mantle. Wow, Henry okay, Aaron. great. You know, great. things like that. But some of the coolest things, as we talked about, I have a section in my library. Mm-hmm. It's not a real library. It's a bunch of books I've never read. But there's a book, <laughs> there's a section of books that are signed by individuals over the years. And the other day, it was Bert Sugar's birthday. Bert Randolph wow. Sugar, the great boxing writer and legend. And I went on, went on to this shelf in my book room and took down two books that were beautifully autographed with nice letterheaded messages from Bert Sugar. So those are the type of things I'll never throw away, and that mm. to me means everything. That was one of my, over the years, is and was one of my favorite friendships. Uh, that I garnered in sports of the famous people you meet and then become friends with them. They know your name and stuff. Bert Sugar has to be one of my favorites. Also because when I met him, we're talking about boxing historian Bert Sugar, if you don't know, if it does ring a bell. He's always a guy that, uh, God rest his soul, always had the hat and the cigar and never took himself always too seriously. Always had the cigar the hat. Was amazing on television, radio, books. always. It's oh, sto- fantastic. Great storyteller, new baseball, horse racing, and boxing better than anyone on the planet. And we would always see him at all the fights. And the first time I ever met him during the Looney and Dave days back at Extra Sports 1150 in Los Angeles, and he came in studio in LA. And when I was in the restaurant business, I owned a restaurant in Venice, Van Gogh's ear. And I never, I hated labels in life. I still hate labels in life. So, and people always want the restaurant owner's card. My card said, Tom Looney, boxing historian. <laughs> that was my business card as a restaurant owner. And I stole it from Bert Sugar, that title. I would see him on ESPN and different boxing uh, interviews, et cetera, and old shows about old fights. And it said, Bert Sugar, boxing historian. I said, I love that label. It's totally made up. It's not an official title. And so the first question I ever asked him was, Bert, is being a boxing historian like being a personal trainer? You just roll out of bed one day, grab a magic marker, and write it on the back of a T-shirt? <laughs> and he loved it because I even knew, even before meeting him, that he didn't take himself too seriously. He says, that's exactly what it is, Tom. <laughs> so he was a great guy, loved to have a drink, and never took himself too seriously. You know, we always look back and we talk about, we tell stories about our friendship together and our world of sports, but we know for a fact we caught a 20-year run 20-year run in boxing that will never be seen again. And I'm, I love boxing, so whenever anybody says, boxing sucks, and I laugh at him, I go, you don't know what you're talking about. Nope. 
We got champions from Ukraine. We have Canelo. Yeah. We got Errol Spence. We got Bud Crawford. We have fighters that we've never seen before are so good. But the 20-year window that we had, where all you had to do was fill out a form and get a credential, and you had to be legit. You had to have a radio show or a boxing column or something, and we'd get these tickets to the fights, ringside, not tickets, credentials. And we saw the entire career of Floyd Mayweather, Manny right. Pacquiao, Tito Trinidad, um, Oscar Ronald De La Hoya, Marquez. Oh. Uh, just keep going. The list is yep. massive. And we saw all of these fighters and the heavyweights, the Bronx. Bernard players, Hopkins. Bernard Hopkins. Yep. But the key to these fights, everybody, and we tell everybody, and we hope this comes back, is the juice that we'd have in Vegas. We'd, I'd get dropped off, and it would be 4.30 in the afternoon with a suit on or a sports coat. I'd go to a bar. Bert Sugar would be at that bar. I'd yep. go to the back bar. Boom, this guy would be there. Oh, yeah. We And because of that sport loves itself so much and always wants to keep itself legitimate and in the eyes of the public, you know, if you're in the locker room where I was for back to back to back for Laker, Kobe Shaq Lakers, it's not polite to ask. It's not even professional to say, hey, can I have a picture with the boxing community? Grab a picture anytime you want with any fighter nice. anytime. Yeah, it, it, it was. And that was always great. And so you'd be at the bar before a fight and Marco Antonio Barrera would be there or or Joe Frazier. <laughs> Uh, would be at the uh, playing poker next to you or Tommy at the bar. Hearns. Yeah, yeah. Tommy or Hearns would walk by. Oh, yeah. Oh, one of my favorite pictures is uh, Tommy Hitman Hearns and me. It's because I'm so lean and I look so good in tan in the picture. But nevertheless, it's one of my favorite uh, pictures. And that's uh, and I have a ton of boxing pictures. And you're right. And you were the person you were a soothsayer who kept saying, enjoy this. Enjoy this ride. This is two or three times a year. We get to sit ringside at these fights. It won't last forever. Let's enjoy it. And it did go on and on and on. Yeah, it, it still is going on in some way. Yeah. It's just not the same vibe it oh, used to be. You don't have. God, no. And there'll, there'll be a fight this year or next year that make, brings us back to that. But then describe everybody the era when we found the girl in the back, in the back bowels who would always give me my secret cocktail. Remember that era? Right. That was like an 11-year era. It was. I found, secret. It, it, I found the secret of that woman who today I still want to go and hug her and thank her all the time. Because every other so-called journalist there... We had to sit there and white knuckle it sober, except for JT the Brick, because he had a secret bartender with a wink and a nod that would fix him up with a drink that didn't look like a drink. Well, what she would do is, and I would usually drink it in the back bowels by her, but I would I would go see her, and I'd be so excited, and I'd peel a 20, and I'd drop a 20 there at the end. And what she was doing is she was working underneath the MGM Grand or the, the building there, and she was supervising all the cocktail servers who would come in there in the masses, and they'd get 30 drinks and bring them to the VIPs. And she'd just snap, and I'd snap, and... She'd make me a big old cocktail <laughs> after the first fight. I'd go back there. Would she say hi? She'd lay another one down. I'd peel off a 20 for her, telling our secrets. And then, you know, get back to my seat for the main event. Oh, you're yeah. the main event. And then tell everybody what happens uh, with about eight seconds to go before the fight ends. Eight seconds to go before the fight ends. You're already packed. King of transitions. You packed, oh. ready to go. You know the first spot you're going to go. That's yeah. where we're supposed to meet you. Uh, and you are, you, you, you get yourself to an arena, a spot in the arena near the door and wait for the decision to be announced. But and most once, of the time, just to correct you, most okay. of the time, 
like a Floyd fight, there is no decision. Floyd, we went to every one of Floyd's fight. He mm-hmm. won easily. There was never, it was always a decision, but he won 11 1. Right, right. 10 to 2. So the Floyd fights, I just, I just head back to the bar. <laughs> the but if I did have to wait for a decision, I'd have my ear, I'd have my ear uh, right there into the <laughs> arena as I was running because then it would, you know, you got to get out of there. Right. And then the night would really, really open up like a flower. You have a fight, it was great. You're dressed up. You're going back into the casino. You got a buddy who's a bartender, another buddy who's meeting you, Raj, Mike Pearson, whoever's in town, they want to come visit. It was just a great run that we went on, and I hope it comes back again. It was beautiful. And and some of the great guys who hosted shows on ESPN, Showtime, HBO, et cetera, always appreciated how much we talked about boxing. So all these guys that we got to watch on TV, even before we were ever doing what we were doing, we got to know, and that was a lot of fun with Amaro Ranello and Jim Lampley, et cetera. And one funny story about the protocol ringside. So it's Oscar De La Hoya and Ricardo Mayorga. And terrific fight. And I'm sitting there ringside, and I'm sitting with stuttering John Melendez, formerly of the Stern Show. Then remember, he, he went on to for a while and worked with Jay Leno. So at the time, he's with the Leno show, and it's the first time he's ever been to a big fight. He's sitting next to me, and he's got a drink. He's got a beer. And then somebody comes along and lets him know that media members aren't allowed to drink alcohol in this section. So he says, okay, and they, you know, they take it away. And he says to me, he said, this is my first time coming to a fight. Is there any more protocol that I need to know about? <laughs> and it was, the first round was just getting ready to begin. And I said... Well, normally there's not a lot of cheering at a fight. If there's a really great round and the guys are slugging it out, you know, you're allowed to polite, you know, to, to clap politely because these guys are putting their lives on the line for our entertainment. So that's, that's polite, but otherwise no cheering for a fighter, et cetera. He said, okay. And then about 30 seconds later, 30 seconds into the first round, Oscar De La Hoya knocks down Ricardo Mayorga. And I went, because I was a huge De La Hoya fan. I lost my mind. And he said, <laughs> stuttering John leans into me and says, what did you say about not cheering? <laughs> Talk to my partner. He's in the back drinking a vodka soda. <laughs> and before we move ahead and turn the page to some of the faithfully departed comedians that have left us in their 60s far too soon, all in the past several months, I want to talk to you about credit card debt and paying down your credit card debt, which can be pretty stressful, especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates. If you're tired of juggling, tired, I said that like a Southerner, if you're tired of juggling due dates, consolidating with a personal loan could be your answer. That way you'll have just one due date a month and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. They're a great new sponsor of ours, and if you're ready to apply, head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personal offers. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers and find the loan for you. Creditcard.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma. Apply with more confidence today. Gilbert Godfrey died. Gilbert Godfrey died on April 12th at the age of 67 a stand-up comedian, a television, a film star, star. Some of his movies, his animated movies, you wouldn't believe the numbers there. I watched a great documentary of him on Netflix, which was life-changing. 
want to spend a few minutes because I like the Roastmaster Generals, Jeffrey Ross. I love anybody who can come through a celebrity roast. Don Rickles, the yep. king of the Ding Martin roast. Gilbert was not underrated. He might have been the best. There were times where he was the star of those celebrity roasts, and the other guys roasting the celebrity were just as famous, if not more, than him. I'm going to miss Gilbert Gottfried. And as soon as he made you uncomfortable, that's when he'd bring out the good stuff. <laughs> that's kind of the way he was, and he was always underestimated. I'll never forget, speaking of these great friends I had from England, and we would always watch fights at their house. And this is 20 or 30 years ago. Gilbert, and then the fight was over. I think we switched it over to Arsenio Hall, and Gilbert Godfrey was a guest. And I said, oh, I don't like this guy. And then he sat there. <laughs> then he came out and made us all roll on the floor <laughs> for the next 20 minutes. And I realized, oh, I guess I do. And you're right. And I've heard every, I've heard so many raves about this documentary on Netflix that I, that I got to see it. And this has been a tough year already. We're only shortly into 2022 and it may dip back into 2021 as well but we've got kevin nealon and bob saget these these comedians dying too young all in their 60s and uh and gilbert godfrey another one oh, incredibly louis anderson louis yeah louis anderson, anderson and, bob saget. Oh, and 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 i hate forgetting louis anderson because i was the guy who was always raving about the show baskets and it was didn't have huge ratings, but everybody knows by this time, because of all the streaming services we've had and going back to even when we had HBO or Showtime where the, a movie would come on that you've never heard of. And it's just terrific. And Baskets was one of those TV shows that not everybody heard of. It was just terrific. And Louis Anderson played Mrs. Baskets. And he was so funny and so good. And everything was understated on that show. And. And, and but with Gilbert Gottfried, it, and he, he was incredibly small. Sometimes how I you know, I say that um, you know incredibly large people because we cover a lot of them in sports. Abnormally large people, abnormally big people have uh, abnormal health problems, and sometimes abnormally small people do too. And he was extraordinarily small and did have some health issues that we didn't know of. But God, he was a genius. Kevin Nealon's here. He'd like to say he's still alive. You met Norm MacDonald. So <laughs> Kevin Nealon just walked into the podcast and said, no, Looney, I'm here. I, I'm doing great. I'm going to look better. I just lost 16 pounds on B90X. So, uh, Kevin Nealon. Oh, Norm MacDonald, who yes. I keep going back and watching Howard Stern videos of Norm and his appearances there. And I think Gilbert was on Howard Stern over 100 plus times. Big, big guest on the Howard Stern. Well, interesting show. to hear Howard say he was a little intimidated by uh, Gilbert's intelligence and quick wit. I mean, how how many people has Howard ever said that about? Where he didn't chat? Oh, oh, it didn't ever dare challenge him because he was he just thought that uh, that he would get out out dueled by Gilbert Gottfried. One other thing I want to hit on, which is important, I've been watching Ukraine and what's happening now. The Ukrainian army has been kicking the hell out of Russia. They played the perfect defensive guerrilla tactics. They brought Russia into these wooded areas, out of wooded areas, into small neighborhoods. Russia committed so many atrocities as they took over these neighborhoods, but the Ukraines knocked them back. Now that they've changed their war effort, and they're gonna fight for the eastern side of that, 
with supposedly a brutal general who's going to take over from here. But I watched the evening news tonight, and the President Zelensky still talking again, still talking to the world, asking for money, asking for weapons, saying, if you're not going to come help us, we got this. Just get us some food, some weapons, help get our people out of here. I love the way the Ukrainians are fighting Russia. They're going to win this war. And I follow the Klitschkos on Twitter, and we were just talking about boxing and talking about the great fights and some of the champions and two of the great heavyweight champions who were super heavyweights, like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. They were just giant. The Klitschko brothers uh, are both Ukrainian, but you know, also American citizens who spent the majority of their life in the city where I am right now in Los Angeles. And so they are Americans who are also Ukrainians. And one of them is the, uh, and, and Vitaly Klitschko is the mayor of Kiev. And, and, and we used to love to have chicken Kiev when I was younger. Do I have to have chicken Kiev now? <laughs> I don't know how all of a sudden it's become Kiev. But they're a great follow on Twitter and they're two of the warriors taking on uh, Russia. And I'm just, I, I, I just hope there's an expeditious end to it, but it's going to be a war of fatigue. And with wars of fatigue, there is no quick end. As we move forward in the podcast, the NBA playoffs are underway. They're Mm -hmm. underway without LeBron James. Kevin Durant and Kyrie got out of that little juice box playing game. They're going to play Boston. Now, let me just tell you from watching a lot of Celtic games this year, Celtics are amazing. They play defense. They score. They play ferocious. But Durant last year took them out in five games. So this is a payback game that I want everybody to keep in Keep an eye on. I don't like Kyrie. He bailed on his team. The reason they have a shitty seed is because he didn't play all year because he wouldn't be vaccinated. That's what caused him to be a seven seed playing in this play-in game. But do you think they got a chance to shock the world here? Because if they get by Boston, the two seed, now everybody's going to be paying attention to Durant and Kyrie. They might have a chance to win it all. Uh, Yes, yeah, because of the superstar effect there. Remember, Kyrie never really won anything without LeBron James, never played all that well in championship games or in playoff games or basketball, period. Never was the play. He was always at his best. He was great with LeBron against the Warriors. Yep, he was at his best. He was at his absolute best. With LeBron James as his teammate, but Boston has been together as a cohesive unit the entire year. I don't think the Nets are getting by Boston. I don't either. I think Boston's played so well all year long. I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give Durant and Kyrie the credit. Now the fun thing becomes if they had James Harden committed at a hundred percent and he wasn't traded for Ben Simmons, who for whatever reason, Ben Simmons doesn't want to play as of now. He's afraid to play basketball. That's been driving you crazy. I'm sure driving me nuts, but if Boston wins, I think Boston was the better team this year. I think they'll win in six, seven max. But again, Durant, if Durant can put the Durant's own Boston, if he wins again and goes four and one against the Celtics, I think Celtic fans are going to have a new Boston strangling. It's going to be Kevin Durant. Going to be a great series to watch. Uh, and as you would always say during the, uh, as you always say during golf uh, and with boxing, you always cheer for the United States of America. The two flaky guys here are Australian. Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. Isn't Ben Simmons Australian too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What's in the water in Australia with these flakes? So uh, we. So I'm I'm cheering for Boston to to move it forward anyway because I don't. I'm not a big fan of the flat earther. And it's Phoenix and everybody else. Everybody, let's remind everybody about what Phoenix did this year. Everybody, because they're a team. They shouldn't be under the radar. They've been a franchise. A long time, Phoenix is Yeah, they're only under the radar radar because they're the Phoenix Suns, and they've always been so bad. 
They won 64 games this year. They're the yeah. only team in basketball to win over 60. They have 64. They have the same record home and on the road, 32-9. and nine. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, don't ignore that when it's playoff time. Oh, and the other elephant in the room is can Steph Curry get healthy enough in this Denver series with Jokic, who is probably going to win back-to-back MVPs, and that'll be incredible. What a year he had. And uh, I'll tell you, if the Warriors lose game one because Steph isn't able to go and play and Denver steals home court advantage back, Warriors are going to have to fight to get out of that first oh, round uh, game. Denver's, uh, much like the Phoenix Suns, Denver's another one of those teams where it's a mountain time zone team just like the Phoenix Suns, so people aren't paying as close attention to them. But they're another one of those young teams that uh, that can – because it can beat anybody, but people aren't well aware of the roster and how great they are because of the mountain time zone thing. Thank you for listening to all 33 minutes and 33 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast. You know, when I get gas, I always get $33 and 33 cents worth of gas for several reasons. Three is my favorite number. It was Tesla's favorite number as well. Tesla always said that the world would not exist without the number three. Most geniuses, most of my fellow geniuses, uh, have three as their favorite number. Another reason why I like to get $33.33 worth of gas is because I don't want to be a zombie. I'll have $5 and pump two, $10 and pump three, $15 $15 and pump four. I'm not going to be that guy. $33.33 and pump three. Believe it or not, sometimes they, they can't even handle that. Thank you for listening to all 33 minutes and 33 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast. You win the Michael Ryan Award for listening to every second. Powered by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.